Welcome to Let's Unpack That. I'm Liana. I'm Brianna. I'm Chuck. And we're your friends navigating this complicated, messy, painful, and beautiful experience of life with you through human story and connection, starting with our own. You're safe here and we see you. So, let's unpack that. So welcome to the very first episode of the Les Unpack That podcast. Um, We are going to start off these first three episodes telling each of our stories as your hosts. So we are going to kick it off with Chuck's story, who, fun fact, I met Chuck through a dating app. True lesbian style. Of course she did. (laughs) And And I met Bree (laughs) through Chuck because they are married and I... Played at their wedding. Yes. <laughs> and now so, we're all super tight. And, and we really met close. on TikTok, another social media thing. <laughs> God bless technology. You know yes. what I mean? That's what brought us all together. <laughs> Full circle. Right. So, okay, we're just going to jump right into Chuck's story. Um, you, I remember when we first met, when we were out mm-hmm. on a date. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to leave the room until you guys are done. <laughs> And I was asking you about your story, and you kind of gave me like a Cliff Notes version. So maybe like for our audience, why don't you tell them kind of what you told me? Okay. Let's finish this date the right way. Yeah, let's, let's finish this date. <laughs> so um, my name's actually Charles C., but I go by Chuck. Um, that nickname name kind of came from my dad, uh, just kind of as a joke at first, just because Charles is sometimes Chuck. So that's kind of how that happened. And I played sports, so Charles C. is super hard to say on a soccer field. So Chuck was a lot easier. Um, but I was born and raised in Utah, um, raised LDS, um, played sports, soccer particularly. Um, I would probably say sports and like Mormonism were like my core, uh, I don't know. Like existence almost? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I, it defined me yeah. really. Like both of those things defined who I was. And, um, I was super invested in the LDS church and I grew up thinking that uh, being gay was not okay. And so I never really even allowed myself to think that I was gay. Um, even though I had a few moments that kind of showed me that I maybe was, uh, one in particular is when I was at my aunt's dance recital, I saw this girl she was dancing with, it was a cowboy cowgirl dance And I thought the girl she was dancing with was so pretty. And my aunt was so lucky that she got to dance with her. And I said that to everyone. I was like, you're so lucky you got to dance with that girl. She's so pretty. And like everyone kind of just looked at me weird and didn't say anything. And then I was like, I don't know if that's okay that I like want to dance with this girl. I don't think that that's socially acceptable. And I was, I think eight or so. And that was kind of my first taste of 
like maybe that isn't a part of me that is a good part of me and I need to, you know, try to not be that version of me. So sad to think that's like when the seed was planted because it doesn't get better, almost gets worse when you are, you experience something like that so young. Yeah. And my, me as a person in general, I was a super big people pleaser. So anything that I heard from people that was um, like a tip on how to be as a person, I would like store that and be like, okay, you got to remember either don't be like this or be like this because this is good. Um, And so I stored all that stuff and yeah, but I still had those moments where things kind of crept in. Um, Growing up, I always wanted to play. I had a best friend, um, and we she was super fun. And her little sister and my little sister were, like, best friends, too. So we'd all play together sometimes. And I'd always want to play boyfriend and girlfriend. And I always wanted my friend's little sister to be my girlfriend. And I knew, like, I knew I needed to make it not be weird because to me I knew if I like voice this too often everyone's gonna pick up on that's weird that she wants her to be her girlfriend so I'd like be like what do you guys want to play like I mean anyone yeah like and we'd like kind of bounce back and forth and then be like boyfriend and girlfriend yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah oh, okay I'll yeah I'll be her I don't really want to be the boyfriend, but I will. Yeah. I like, <laughs> and then every now and then we'd like switch roles and I'd be like boyfriend and girlfriend with someone else and just wasn't quite as exciting, but I'd do it just because it, it, I can't be weird that I kind of have this crush, what, crush yeah. on. Sorry guys, my, it's dinner time. I got to cut out early. Yeah. <laughs> on my, my best friend's little sister. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember like, she was, she actually sang and stuff like that. And I remember going to, and, and did plays. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to those plays and just thinking like, oh my gosh, wow. Like, <laughs> like starry mm-hmm. eye, like hard eyes, but just never, ever. Like if anyone would have known that I thought that in any way, I would have died yeah. inside, mm-hmm. completely died. Um, because my family was very religious, um, my whole family was at that point. A lot of my families left the church, but before most of them were still in it. And my extended family was very, very Mormon. Um, my mom's side of the family was um, extremely, extremely LDS. And I just wanted, I don't know, my, they looked at me. I remember my grandpa always just saying, like, you're beautiful and you're spiritual. Like, like you're the perfect combo. And it's so hard for people that, you know, are pretty to also be spiritual. And I, you know, I just ate that stuff up. It's a lot of pressure. Yes. Yes. And, um, so I tried my whole life to live that way. And I honestly, I believed it fully. I believed in the church. Like I, I did everything that I was supposed to do. I read my scriptures. I I mean, I went above and beyond. Most of my 
friends hadn't even really read the Book of Mormon. I'd read, read it multiple times. I even, you know, I read the Bible. You know, I, I'd get books that help you study both the Book of Mormon and the Bible, and I'd be reading those. I remember I was substitute teaching one time, and I was reading a, like, Book of Mormon made easier book, and one of the students like, what are you reading? And I told them, and they were like, they gave me like a crusty, and I was like, oh, I'm so righteous, I'm good. Oh, yeah. my Even goodness. in discrimination, like people looking down on me, I'm still doing what's right. But did you get like true fulfillment from that? Or was it more of like, I have to like stay on the straight and narrow, and I have to be what everyone thinks that I am? It was a little bit of both. I, I felt like there was this checklist to get to heaven, and all these things I did to got one check closer to getting to that celestial kingdom that was the ultimate goal in uh, Mormonism. So I did, but I also, I was like, I want to know the secrets of the universe. Like, I want to know what God knows. I want to, like, get as close to God and Christ and and all of that as I possibly can. And so it's not typical for a girl to go to the temple before she gets married, but I wanted to. Like members only status. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, no, I don't know why that's not super common. It's like you're either going on a mission or you're getting married. And that's why you go to the temple. And usually guys go on missions at like 19, so they get it early before they get married, but most women wait until they are going to get married. Mm -hmm. So what were you like telling people? Why, like, why did you go? I, that I wanted to like basically learn all of the secrets of the temple, not the secrets, but like the sacred, uh, info that will like help me know more about God and heaven and all of those things. Did you experience that? Hey guys, Chuck here. Originally, while recording this episode, we went into more detail surrounding the LDS temple than I felt was necessary to get my point across. In respect for all people's beliefs, I felt we should cut that part out. But we still want to keep you in the loop of what was discussed. Basically, what was talked about in this portion of the episode was my experience in the temple. There were portions of the temple that I enjoyed and brought me peace and joy including more involvement with women's roles in the temple. And there were moments in the temple that made me feel uncomfortable and didn't sit right with me. Although this was a big part of my story regarding the LDS church, I wanted to be considerate of my family and friends that are still members of the church and not go into too much detail surrounding temple ordinances. And now back to the episode. So, like, I can super relate to having all those questions, wanting to understand, like, the mysteries. And so, I mean, how has that shifted for you now that you've... Because, I mean, one of the core things for the LDS Church is gender role and identity and, like, the family as a core unit, being a man and a woman and then their offspring, right? Right. So how have you shifted, like, your beliefs or your search for answers to the mysteries now that you've kind of grappled through and come through some of these things? So I still have that desire for that spiritual understanding of the universe. Mm -hmm. 
Um, after leaving Mormonism, I had what, what felt like kind of a void. And actually it was a slow progression for me. So I was slowly filling that void with other spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, but instead of having this mentality that I had to be married to a man to get to the celestial kingdom. I had to go to the temple. I have to do all these things, you know, be this checklist of things. And that checklist will make me what I need to be to get to the celestial kingdom. Now my, my spirituality is more, okay, I do believe that the universe can guide us mm-hmm. if you're tapped into that frequency that you need to be and you're open to you know, signs and, and things to guide you kind of that right way. But I think it's a collective thing and we all are tied to that. And it's not necessarily this omnipotent God who can sometimes be cruel and sometimes be amazing and sometimes be a narcissist or, you know, whatever. I now believe that I don't know if it is tied to an individual or a collective or what it is. I just feel like there's something. Yeah. And for me, that makes way more sense. If, if I were to follow this teachings of Mormonism that we are to become like God, except I think they've maybe backpedaled a little bit on that teaching, but that's what I was taught Mm -hmm. was that you were trying to become like God and basically have your own kingdom and planets and all that. But to me, that makes more sense than just following a bunch of rules. Right. You actually have to think for yourself, tap into this like spirituality, this frequency that's a different level than what you're used to. And that to me makes more sense of how you would become more godlike, godlike, I guess. Well, I think that's a really interesting point that we all in some capacity have in common. And I think a lot of people grapple with when they're trying to understand their sexuality is like the religious pressure, not just Mormonism, but like, and I'll get into this when I talk about my story, Christian upbringing or whatever it is. So I don't know, tons to explore there. Um, So let's pick up, I guess, on your story. You're trying to figure out Mormonism. You're sifting through roles of women and like these impulses that you recognize that you know aren't okay so and at this point you're not married yeah so I wasn't married but I was getting older Mm -hmm. as far as Mormonism goes I was I think I was about 25 and I remember my grandpa saying you know sometimes pretty girls wait for the perfect guy and they never get married And so I was thinking, maybe that's what I'm doing. Maybe that's why I haven't like fully ever felt this super strong love connection is because I'm just too picky. You know, I'm just looking for for a perfect person. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I, you know, maybe need to realize like I'm not perfect. This other person isn't going to be perfect, but I am supposed to marry a man. So I... Tried, you know, dating a lot, but nothing ever really worked. And then I finally met my ex. um, And he was the first guy that I honestly didn't get sick of. Mm -hmm. And to me, I was like, maybe that is what 
it is just this person that you connect with on a friend, more friend level. Um, but, um, yeah, you don't, basically you just don't get tired of them or sick of them. And so, uh, I was like, okay, well this is it. And we, you know, kept moving forward. I was like, I'm getting older. I got to get married. I was 26 when I met him and, I was like, I want to get married before I'm 27, so at least I can say I'm 26 and not 27, <laughs> which is so ridiculous. Now that I look at it, I'm like, that is so dumb. That is something that a people pleaser would say. Yes, <laughs> it's 100%. It really is. Yeah. So I remember he, you know, he had told me he, he loved me, and I remember in that moment, like, you know, I said it back, but I remember walk, driving down from it. We were in the canyon, and I remember thinking, I, I thought it would be a little bit stronger feeling. And I'm like, I, I do like love and care about him, but I thought like being in love would be this strong, crazy, emotional like feeling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't feel that fully. But then I thought, you know what? It will come with time, mm -hmm. like more time. You know, you hear all these people fall more and more in love. So I was like, okay, that's what's going to happen. So we got married. I still like had trouble like fully falling. And um, I went through all the motions to try to be good for him um, as far as like a wife goes and all of that. Um, but it just never came natural to me. And I thought it would. Like, I felt like I was a pretty sexual person or that I would like that stuff. And I just didn't. Yeah. It was just really hard for me. And I heard other people, friends and things saying the same things that were straight. So I thought, I'm normal. This is just what happens to women. You know, that intimacy is just hard for us. So we had kids um, and then... Um, my brother, his journey of coming out is really what like flipped everything for me. Mm -hmm. um, so little backstory, my family has three of us out of the four siblings that are gay. Mm -hmm. My sister came out in high school and she ended up getting into the drug world, mm -hmm. which proved to me even more that that stuff was wrong. So I clung even harder to the church and everything because the church taught, you know, to stay away from alcohol, to stay away from drugs and all of that thing, those things. And then look, she comes out, she gets into drugs. You know, that's just the, how those things progress. Mm -hmm. And so it made me even more <laughs> invested in the church and probably... Uh, subconsciously put me even further back in the closet. Mm -hmm. um, but my brother's situation was different. He was trying super, super hard to be in the church and do all the things. And I found a way to dissociate and make myself happy to, a, to the level that I could be happy with my situation I had areas that I wasn't happy, but it wasn't like I felt like I was a depressed person. Mm -hmm. But seeing my brother, I saw that depression, that anxiety, all of that. And he was struggling 
trying to decide if he was going to go on a mission and all that. And, um, I knew always that he probably could be gay. Even from like a young age? Oh yeah. Like a kid? Uh Uh-huh. It was just all this, like these little signs were there. Um, I was always trying to toughen him up because I just wanted him to be that macho guy that he needed to be. Um, because it's far more okay to be a tomboy. No, for sure. <laughs> you know, my sister and I could get away with being tomboys, but being a feminine girl, no way. That's not okay. Or, I mean, being <laughs> not a feminine girl. I'm going to tell him you said that. <laughs> is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> He'll kill me. No. But see, mm-hmm. like saying even like... Yeah, foot and mouth. Like you can't say that because that's yeah, an insult. Yeah, but it should be okay. Yeah, it like should feminine be. qualities are good. Yeah, and attractive. And yeah, they should not be yeah. something that men should be ashamed to have. They are good qualities. Um, but anyways, um, he went on a mission. He finally went, and during his mission, I found out that he like came out to my dad, and um, was really struggling. And I thought in that moment, this is why I've had those feelings my whole life. They're for me to help save my brother. So that's what I tried to do. Very virtuous. I know. It's so (laughs) ridiculous. Now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh. But I basically, you know, would talk to him about it and just say, you know, I've had these feelings almost you can fight it. Like, look at me. I was able to get married. I was able to have kids. Like, you can be me. Mm-hmm. And he tried. And it just was not working. And I was seeing him get more and more and more depressed. And to the point that I was like, if he doesn't make a change, he's not going to be here. Mm-hmm. And this is right. This is coming home from his mission. And so he's home, he's talking to me a lot about it. And finally he's like, I'm just going to try. I have to, I, if, if I don't at least explore this side, like, ba- you know, basically I, I am not going to make it mm-hmm. like my future in the church is either be celebrate my whole life or marry a woman and know that neither of us will be happy. Mm-hmm. And, and if I remember right, you were pregnant with Finn, your youngest, right? I think so. I know I had, um, I think I had both Blakely and Brixen, um, but I'm not 100. I think, I think I was pregnant with Finn. And so I was just in it, but it was crazy because all of a sudden he is doing this and I see the light come back in him. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused, but so happy because my whole life I'd been taught the church is what brings you true happiness. Mm -hmm. The church is what brings light into your life. Christ is what brings light into your life. And what my brother was doing was everything against Christianity in general and Mormonism. Like Mm -hmm. homosexuality is not okay Mm -hmm. in either in either scenario. But yet I was seeing the opposite happen. The light was coming back in him and, you know, all of these things. And so it, it rocked me. Mm-hmm. And finally, I remember seeing him so happy and I was talking to him and I just started bawling. Mm-hmm. And I told him, 
I'm really jealous that you're doing this now because I wish that I could have had a chance to explore that. I do feel like I missed out on something. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I was never going to experience that. Mm -hmm. So I was like really emotional. I was thinking, I can't, I'm married, like I'm stuck. And anyways, fast forward to that being the thing that shifted my Mormonism. It made me start to question everything. It made me start to look at the things that the church told me were anti that was actually just church history. Yeah. It just made certain individuals actual human beings instead of like this glorified deities. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah deity and really not even good human beings for the most part really awful i mean the things that joseph smith was doing to manipulate women to marry him and the letters that i read just made me sick mm -hmm. and so i got pissed i got so mad i got bitter and everyone could tell. I was posting on Facebook. I was, you know, doing all the things that I, I was saying, all the things that I was learning. And just everyone was, everyone in Mormonism and in my life that was Mormon was getting really frustrated with me. But I was so mad. I felt so betrayed by this church that I trusted 100%, that I literally gave up everything to be a part of. You felt tricked, I'm sure. A hundred percent. And I and I was mad because I realized I didn't allow myself to explore anything, not just with my sexuality, but anything in general, if it did not fit into Mormon standard. Mm -hmm. And so I was mad at all that I had missed out on or potentially, you know, whatever situation I could have been in mm -hmm. um, that would have not had me in this moment of turmoil. Yeah. Well, it almost takes away your choice, right? Like you could have made so many different choices that felt more authentic to you, but you didn't. So you could, you know, potentially reach the celestial kingdom. Yeah, it's weird because the church will say, you know, you have a choice and you do. Like I felt like I had a choice, but... If you want to make it to the celestial kingdom, you didn't have a choice. Which there almost takes the choice out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. There was a, a path to get there. And I've tried my best to follow that path. Mm -hmm. And so I was mad. I was really, really mad. And it took me a long time to kind of get over that bitterness. But a lot of it that helped me was finding my other my different version of spirituality and I had some really cool moments that helped help me know that the universe was like there for me I had more spiritual experiences that I would have described in Mormonism as like the Holy Ghost like bearing witness to me outside of Mormonism in this new version of spirituality than I ever did in Mormonism and it was just crazy how things would all of a sudden line up for me and and fit together and make sense and different people um you know one of my old release society presidents a few like other individuals all these things that i was looking at how it all tied together into this new version of spirituality that just made sense mm -hmm. 
And so that, when I found that, I kept coming across ayahuasca. People kept talking about ayahuasca. And I was like, what is this? Why do people keep talking about it? Why does it keep being brought up? I've never heard this before ever in my life. And everyone kept saying it was like this whole ego death and it makes you face these things in your life. Pretty sure we even talked about that the first time we met. We did. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did. Um, and yeah, so that kept coming up. And so I was like, my first instinct was there is no chance in hell I will ever do that because I know what I will have to face. Mm -hmm. And that was my sexuality. And yet it kept coming up. And so I was like, am I supposed to do this? Am I not? Like I am on this spiritual journey. Is it supposed to happen? And this is when you were fully out of the church. Yeah. So even being out, you were scared to face that or even admit yeah. it. Yeah. And I still was kind of going to church a little bit occasionally um, at that point. Okay. But um, then COVID hit. And I was like, okay, well, I can't. I can't do ayahuasca, like COVID just happened, we're stuck at home, but it made me dive into all that spirituality stuff even more, and The Power of Now was huge for me, that book, and it made me, honestly, it made me face everything without ayahuasca. It made me recognize that I thought that I was at least bisexual, and that I never explored it, and that I'm sad that I never explored it, and that I do think that part of my issues in my marriage and not wanting to be intimate, not wanting him to kiss me, you know, not wanting anything but a friendship mm -hmm. were signs that maybe, you know, I should have explored that more. Mm -hmm. I still didn't want to say I was gay. You know, I was like, I'm bi, probably. So he knew of that struggle. You know, I had told him a little bit before that, and then it just kept coming up a lot during that COVID time, like where I talked about it more and more. And um, we talked about like ways that I could explore that and other things and, you know, maybe like, I, you know, I brought this up, but like maybe having a threesome or, you know, doing things like that. And he was just trying to save our marriage in any way possible. So he was open to the idea, but I don't, you know, he didn't really want to. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to love him. Did you ever discuss having like an open relationship? So where both of you could kind of... I kind of, yeah, we had like talked about that a little, but it never, I don't know. Transpired. Yeah. yeah. And so basically I ended, we just decided I needed to figure things out. And so I had been talking to like people with similar stories and um, he had kind of given me permission to explore that stuff. And, but I didn't know how, and I felt weird being married and doing that. Um, but I had been like talking to people that had similar stories and one person in, in particular who had a very similar story to me and some of it got like kind of flirty. And so I was like, I'm going to take this weekend. I'll meet her. 
I'm going to go to this bonfire with um, Chelsea and Mary. They did like a bonfire because I came out to Chelsea actually before I came out to a lot of people. Now, real quick, though, what was war- uh, what was his involvement in this? Like, did you show him all of like the conversation or is it more so just strictly between you and you and her? No, he didn't see the conversations, but I told him that I was talking to people about that stuff and he knew that I was looking to possibly explore that option. Okay. Um, and so I met up with that girl. It didn't quite go as I expected. So I was like, maybe I'm not gay. Like, I don't know. This like, is my favorite story. Can you tell them about the promenade? Well, yeah. There was like an awkward <laughs> moment where... I love it. Like she put her hand on her, my back and like was guiding me. And I was like, I don't know what even to do. Like, like do I squirming? put my arm around her? Like this is... And I was just so like, you're not supposed to touch women like in, in any sort of intimate way. So I was already in just like not a good headspace. I would have loved and to I have been was a just fly awkward. It's so awkward. I know that. it. So awkward. You just I put feel your bad. hand on her back as well so yeah seriously uh-huh. I, I was so awkward for sure like she was probably like this girl you guys probably stuck <laughs> out like a sore thumb yeah what is wrong with her but then the kiss thing that you were well thinking. i was thinking like i should just kiss her and like see if i am yeah. but then i was like but i don't really like want to so maybe i shouldn't i didn't um and so that i was like conflicted and then that night i went to a bonfire at my friend our friend Chelsea and Mary's house and they had invited some other people and one of the people there was this dun, girl dun, dun. <laughs> yeah and we did have a connection like all of a sudden I was like whoa sparks are flying like this, this is, is when I leave the room yeah Brianna's <laughs> not a huge fan of she all needs this. another bathroom no, break uh, <laughs> I, yeah, probably I honestly don't know her I just yeah, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. Go ahead, proceed. But in the in that moment, I was like, okay, I feel this. This is real. And this is way more than I've ever felt for any guy I've ever like been around in a situation where um like we can be flirty or whatever. So what did that realization do for you emotionally? Cause it like I mean, that kind of brings everything crashing down in certain ways, right? 100%. It was like, in the the weirdest way, exhilarating and like amazing. Because I was like, I'm not broken. I can actually feel like, like butterflies and excited and like be flirting with someone and have it be like mutual. Like we're both feeling this chemistry. But I was married. Yeah, and then yeah. you have a full husband at home. And kids. So what do you do with, with that? With kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if I do recognize this part of me, all of that is coming crashing down. And it was hard. Um, I'm not going to say it was easy. But I told him, like, I had this moment with my brother where we were talking. And I was like, well, I've never even kissed a girl still. You know, how can I be gay if I've never really had, like, that moment with a female where we're both, like, we know we both want to kiss each other. You know, it's, like, that situation. And he goes, I remember thinking that, but realistically, I knew. And when he said that, I was, like, I know. Yeah. I'm gay. But I still wasn't able to say gay. Mm -hmm. I was queer. (laughs) 
in my mind. Um, so I told, I, I think I actually did use the word gay. I did say like, I think I'm gay. I don't know, if, you know, for sure. But I told my ex that. And he wanted me to like actually kiss someone because he's like, you're, you know, you need to know for sure before we do all of this, you know, divorce, like cause all of this problem. And then you find out that you're not really. But he was saying that, but could you sense like dread or like that he was like actually not really wanting you to do it? He just needed to know for I himself. I mean, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing that's hard is like, I know he loved me and, you know, his family and everyone had said it was like, you know, the day he met me, he like knew he wanted to marry me. And even talking about that, like, it makes me super sad. Cause like, I don't, I don't want to be the person that hurts someone like that. Um, but I was doing my best with what I had in front of me. And he was the only guy I'd ever felt enough for to want to take those steps. Um, but the guilt, the guilt was super hard because I knew I was breaking his heart. Um, but at the same time, I was super excited about this new part of me I'd finally tapped into. And so I know that I didn't handle things the best way I could have. I think I could have salvaged a lot in the, my relationship with him and his family. I love his family. I still love his family. But I know I messed things up because I did keep pursuing things with that girl while he is devastated and having his heart broken and we're divorcing and all that stuff was heavy and hard for me but I have this exciting part that I've never tapped into that you know he's somewhat seeing and so he's seeing this and he's just devastated and but it's honestly sad. real quick um before we move on from there when I was going through the same thing with my marriage the way I kind of flipped it to make it more positive was I don't love him the way that he deserves. So ultimately he is going to be happier because he will feel loved like fully by someone and he deserves that. Yeah. And that's what I, I was saying to myself too. Like, yes, he's feeling heartbreak now, but once he meets someone who can love him the right way, then he'll realize how much he was missing with me. But in that moment, that's not what he was thinking. Yeah. And, and even since I still feel guilt for breaking someone's heart like that, because that, you know, that scenario with that girl that I did meet, it was pretty hard. It was somewhat toxic. Um, I would, you know, there were some things that were, really difficult but it was the first person I like fell in love with fully fell in love with and um, had heartbreak yeah, and then that's... felt heartbreak because she couldn't fully give me everything and I felt like I was giving a lot to it and you know breaking th those things off 
was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a taste for a minute. Not even to the extent that he probably felt, but because it gave it me a such taste. such a short time. Because it was comparison. such a short time in comparison to our marriage. It gave me a taste of the heartbreak that he might have felt. And it broke me thinking that I did that. And so, yeah, I, I, that, that guilt was really, really hard, especially in that moment, realizing that. Which is something you and I both still struggle with, like, to yeah. this day. I still, I still feel extremely guilty for all of that, but then I have to remember it was the best that I knew at the time and the only path that I could take. And I didn't know different. I hadn't ever explored that. So in my mind, it was the best mm -hmm. scenario. We had a good friendship. We got along pretty well. Um, you know, it seemed like a decent marriage. We had bad moments but everyone does so it just I don't know it just seemed like pretty decent and which is almost a compliment to him like you couldn't stand any other guy but him you you know could love yeah so yeah and I yeah it it is but I'm sure it's one of those compliments that you never want to get mm -hmm. right yeah. um so how did you step forward from that broken place once you had your first heartbreak with your first woman crush your first woman experience where did you go from there so the funny thing is is Brianna and I had been friends on TikTok so I joined TikTok um when I was first coming out I was just searching for anyone like me and um I had joined this Mormon group that was women that were on the spec, uh, like queer in some way or another, whether they were still in the church, out of the church, whatever. It was this Facebook group. And one individual had reached out to me, Allie. I'll plug her. Um, she uh, told me about this group or, or the, t the community on TikTok and how awesome it was. So I was like, well, I've never even done TikTok. I don't know, like, any first thing about it. But she's like, just go and watch videos and just, like, start to build friends or, you know, things like that. So I did that. She was like, just make your first video. Like, she was really awesome, encouraging me. Her and her girlfriend at the time were, like, you know, trying to help me out. Mm -hmm. And um, so I made, like, a few cringy videos. Um <laughs> That but, blew up. Well, not those. Those didn't. But then I did I did a weird like coming out dance where and I finally did come out to everyone like in my life. And I did this weird TikTok where I like was dressed in like all this gay stuff that my sister had given me. Like, it's actually rainbow, super cute. Rainbow stuff. Um for for my birthday. And I like did some stupid little dance and I was like, this is like coming out at 37 or something like that. And that that was like my first video that kind of 35, blew up. right? Oh yeah, 35. 35. Yeah. I'm 37 now. Yeah. 35. Yeah. yeah. I'm 37 now. That was a while ago. Um, but yeah. And then Brianna and I I had posted, I think I she first did a duet to my TikTok. Yeah. And that's like when I first But I hadn't been on TikTok for very long either at that point. 
Yeah. My niece was, like, obsessed with it. And I honestly thought it was called Tic Tac <laughs> at first. <laughs> Showing my age. Yeah. I think I did, too. <laughs> and I, I I, think it was called, like, Musical.ly or something before. It was, like, music stuff. And Isn't that it, still another app? Is I it? don't know. Okay. Maybe We're I'm just, all in our I'm 30s. Yeah. These We're together. all old. We are all super We're all old. showing our age. So I just wanted to know what all the hype was about. And then I was like, this is actually really fun. Yeah. So... I can't remember if I had seen Brianna's videos before. I think I maybe had, like, on my For You page. I had definitely seen yours. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did a duet, too. Did so you hear how lesbian so. that was? Your voice was, dropped when I did that it. One. I oh, definitely yeah. saw yours. Very sultry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Definitely saw yours. <laughs> I, don't, I need to go step out for a second. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> right back. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she did a duet, and I was like, holy cow, look at this girl that did do it to my video. Like, she's so cute. Um, but she was kind of in a relationship thing, so I was like, oh, well, I guess it's just, like, a fun friend. Do Which it. you were kind of, at that point, in and out with... With that girl yes. that I had fallen for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, like, super off and on. So I had posted a video about being older and coming out, and I think you know, being Mormon and coming out later in life and having kids and all of that. And she had written a comment about having a similar story. Like she had kids and had come out, you know, later and a husband or something. And, and I was like, Oh, like, that's really cool. She has a similar story. And I was just trying at any, at this point to connect to anyone who knew what it was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In my shoes. So I talked, I was like messaging her, asking her about like all of that. Was it hard? Like, you know, we were just messaging back and forth and honestly just friends. So during that whole time that I was dating or a lot, not that whole time, part of the time I had been kind of off and on seeing that girl that I fell for. We were never, ever official, but, um, we were kind of on sometimes and then kind of off sometimes. Um, I was like friends with Brianna. And I was kind of in and out of a three-year relationship at that time. Yeah. And we never crossed any lines. Like, you know, when she, because Brianna was dating someone, we never like crossed into this uh, boundary that we shouldn't be crossing into. It was literally just friends. But we did offer advice and used each other almost as sounding boards. Yeah, for our relationships. It was, yeah. Which is ironic. It's super ironic. Very lesbian of us. Yeah, (laughs) That's like the woman I'm dating right now. That's what we were for each other. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) That's so funny. I know, that is crazy. Uh, Anyway. Um, But yeah, and then uh, we both just like happened to be off at the same time. So. Our, the timeline was so, like, like we, we were in line with each other. We literally, it like, was so I strange. was like, I broke things off with her. Or she broke it. I can't remember. And she's like, no way. We broke yeah. things off today. Uh-huh. I mean, like, it wasn't the day out, but it was like, because we didn't talk every single day all the time. Well, whatever. It wasn't yeah. that day. But, like, we were saying, like, we broke up. It was, like, the same day we had both broken things off was mm-hmm. the same day. We just okay. hadn't talked that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're like, that's weird. Like the same uh-huh. day. Um, yeah. Anyways. And that was the first time that things started to get a little more flirty in our conversations. Which I was the one that initiated it. She did. And she gave me <laughs> such like a very like vague like response. I was like, not taking the bait. She is not liking this. 
No, I but did. 100%. Your, I was, your enthusiasm just was not there. Well, yeah, I was trying to play it cool. It was too cool. Well, Way too cool. I, I, I did like a smile, like one of those, like, what is smirky that emoji? Faces. Like smirky, yeah. Um, but she had said, we were talking about chemistry. And I'm the one who planted this intentionally. I was like, you might, the thing that sucks for us being moms is we might have this connection with someone from another state or things like that mm-hmm. like someone that lives in indiana yeah <laughs> yeah like i might as well have said that um oh we might gosh. have this connection with someone else like out of state but it's just so like almost impossible for us to be able to move because we have kids and our kids share custody yeah we yeah and she was like what, you, I said, honestly, I think that you and I would have pretty good chemistry yeah. if we were to be in the same place at the same time. And then you said just something like, yeah, I do too, with those like, weird Let's smiley, but then like subject change. Yeah, because, <laughs> well, I was like, okay, I like, this is amazing. I was super stoked, but I was also like... You know, I don't want to scare her off. I know, and, and I was like, like too eager. I have been friend zoned hard, and I cannot crawl out <laughs> Dude, of this no, hole. You, you guys have seen Inside Out, right? I picture when they go on red alert and the little oh things are running around in the brain, just freaking out. Yeah. That's what I think. It really was. Girl, girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then shortly thereafter, you made it known that, like, okay, yeah, I'm interested as well. Yeah, I mean, and then we got flirty, and we talked about meeting up, but it was more just like. I don't know, maybe more casual meetup at that point. Like we were just like, you sent me a picture of the mountains on one of your runs and you said something like, you guys should totally, you you and your kids should totally come here and visit me. It would be so much fun. And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. Like, I think if anything, we would have to come there. Like there's no way you'd want to come to Indiana. And then I said something funny about like cornfields or yeah the flatness yeah but then we had decided we would meet up in chicago maybe yeah remember Mm -hmm. and i actually even like got a ticket um but then like her ex had started like talking to her more again and was like causing some like friction in her life or i think she had found out about our texts or something so i my kids were pretty young when her and I had gotten together. My daughter wasn't even two at the time. And then my son was four. So I had a lot of like struggle and a lot of guilt, like breaking up another family when it came to my kids. And I do feel like, I don't know, that was almost used against me in a way. And so I did like let her back in a lot and probably more times than I should have. Yeah, and I could sense that. And the girl that I had been dating was, like, kind of, like, trying to get me back at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is a sign. Like, probably isn't good timing. Mm -hmm. Um, And realistically, it's never going to work between us. Like, we both have kids. Like, no chance. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I can just cancel it. Like, that'll cause, like, like, you know, take a little tension away from you even though she was still in the mindset that she was done. Mm-hmm. Um, still felt like a pipe dream. Yeah. So we canceled it, and then we were going to like finally chat again. We hadn't really talked very much. And then all of a sudden she told me that she was going to try again. Mm-hmm. 
in that relationship. And she 100% ghosted me. I, I mean, cut me off from everything. And, like, deleted you from everything. And... I did not speak to her. And I was like, first of all, I was like, okay, this seems really controlling <laughs> like yeah. uh, of whoever she's dating to, like, be this crazy about it. But I understand to an extent because we did start to get, like, flirty. more flirty. Sure. I can understand, like, ghosting me, but can't we just say we're just nothing and, like, let's not chat anymore, but we can still be friends on, like, social media stuff. But in my mind, at that point, like, I already was, like, interested in you. And if I was going to give my relationship, like, another shot, I didn't need that, like, clouding my judgment. Yeah. So that's... Which but it actually, wasn't easy. It was hard not talking to you. It was actually really hard. awesome, though, because I saw... From the other perspective, how committed she can be when she's, like, really trying to be with someone. Mm-hmm. Like, she did not. She did not talk to me. I think there was, like, one time I tried to reach out on Snap or something, and she just gave me, like, a quick You asked answer. me I was if like, I was okay. okay. Like, yeah. Like, are you, like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I don't know. Blink Mo- if you like, need help. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, I was a little bit worried about it being, like, a weird controlling situation for her. She's like, yep, I'm okay. And that was it. And then all of a sudden, she, out of the blue, messaged me again, and things with. And that, I said, "What you laugh at this part?" Because I said, "Boo." She said, "Boo." Like, and that's after <laughs> and being I ghosted. Was like, that's rich. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I just got ghosted, and she's saying boo. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, at first I was ner- nervous that it wasn't her. I was nervous that it was the her ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I could tell the way you were talking to me, almost like you were quizzing me on my own life. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) I was like, I know the answers to these. I was like, is this girlfriend, like, testing to see if, like, we've been talking, which we hadn't, but I was like, I just don't even want to get involved in this drama if it is her. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to be drawn into that. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, trying to figure out if it really was Brianna, and then she had said, like, yeah, this is her. Like, let's chat. Well, you said something about calling I was like, let's talk on the phone so I can hear your voice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I knew it was her. And then they... She had said they broke up, and I had tried again with the girl that I really liked, and it just fell to shit again, like usual. And we were off again at the same time. And all of a sudden, we were, like, talking, and then we were, like, let's go for it, and let's just see what happens, and the universe opened doors, and it was crazy kind of how everything fell into place. And then after that meeting in Chicago, I felt like we were, like, flying to each other at least, like, every, like, 10 days. Yeah. Like, we were... Typical lesbians, Mm -hmm. for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all the stereotypes. Like, once I started to see all those stereotypes, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm falling into all these things. Or, like, when everyone would tell me, you know, how they were with boyfriends and stuff, I'd be like, what? You're crazy. Yeah, you are crazy. You are a psycho. And and then I was like, I am a psycho. I am crazy. (laughs) I know. This is what it's like to, Uh like, be so drawn to someone and want to be with them constantly and, you know, have all of those emotions and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome and amazing. That's where the no choice lies. You have no choice in that. You really don't, though. Like, you don't realize how little choice you have in all of that. I mean, I thought I could choose, mm-hmm. and I tried. Right. But knowing the difference now, it's night and day. 
And not that I know, it it doesn't mean that I did not care about that other relationship. Or you didn't have good parts in it. Or or any relationship that I had with, you know, ex-boyfriends or things like that. Like, I truly cared about those people. But it was a different level of love. Like, it's a different love. And you can love someone but not be in In love love with with them. them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really realized was I just had never been in love before. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So that's my story. Very good story. Great story. You're a good story. I really like that ending character. What was her name? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. She's like Liana. Like so, that yeah. one. Yeah. 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 You were at the very beginning. <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm just when saying. I when I was going on a date with Liana. I had told Brianna that I was going on a date with yeah. Liana, and so I had told her that. Liana was a professor. And I used uh-huh. to make jokes about it all the time. And I'm so sorry, <laughs> yeah. Liana. You were, you're it's great. Okay. I get it. You're I don't fault you. She was kind of like, that was the part where we were like getting a little bit flirty. Uh-huh. And the, you could tell Brianna was a little jealous. I was a little salty. Of the, yeah, yeah. Of the situation. I was like, why are you asking me? Why don't you ask the professor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know as much. <laughs> can, can we have that be my title on oh this podcast God. for yes, forever, please? Yeah, and then yeah. you had asked me something about canyoneering, like when you and I were kind of flirting. Yeah. <laughs> and you hadn't been talking to Liana like in that way. Yeah, but had, Liana and I had like decided we're friends. Yeah, you had asked me. You said, "Do you mind if Le- like I'm gonna leave it up to you? Like, you know, I want your input on it." Like Liana asked if I go canyoneering. No, with I said, her. "What if someone had asked me to go canyoneering?" I and, didn't say Liana. Oh, I didn't really? say the professor. Well, I knew it was the professor. <laughs> I knew it was. No, no, because so I'm, I'm so goddamn cool. I'm smart. Who else? Oh, I'm just or maybe smart. I did. I said, "What if she had asked yeah. me to do that? Like, would you care?" It was more like a what if in Brianna's and mind. And then in my, I didn't know what happened. <laughs> From Indiana, I had no idea what canyoneering was. And I was like, well, I don't really want you to go kayaking with her. Like, yeah. I prefer <laughs> you not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then she kept talking about kayaking. I'm like, it's not kayaking. It's canyoneering. Yeah. You will uh, wear one piece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a sunsuit, as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But it's so funny now because now I'm like, now I love circle. Liana. Dude, same. Yeah. I remember meeting you the first time when we all went to brunch with the woman I was dating at the time. Yes. And that story will be unfolded in a later episode. <laughs> but yeah. Was that weird for you? No, because I mean, I knew we were just friends, but I also was like, oh, I feel like she might feel weird. I didn't at all. Like but, straight away, it felt fine. To yeah, me. same, a million yeah. percent. But like going oh, yeah. into it, I was like, and I hope she doesn't feel like this. I know is I weird. like kicked her into the table a couple times. <laughs> so my dominance. Like, what is happening down there? Why, why, why do we keep getting kicked to the shin? Oh my gosh! Stop. <laughs> I wore like a suit, so I could be very professional. No, she didn't. She's making all this stuff up. I am. I'm totally anyway. making it up. But the moral of the story is I love Liana and we all get along really well. And and it's not a weird dynamic. And yeah, same. And no, true it's so lesbian great. Uh-huh. We created a beautiful friendship. friendship. You two are like some of my very best friends. Yeah. So I'm so glad it worked yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you guys met on a dating site. I know. Uh, it's you kind of fun. I know. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that was a really good event-filled first episode. So stick around. We got more tea and 
We're going to... Exploration. Yeah, in the next few episodes, <laughs> we're going to share Liana and Brianna's stories. Which, side note, it gets confusing saying Liana and Brianna, really not Brianna and Liana. Maybe Liana and Brie. Maybe we should say that. We could be Lee and Brie. That's oh, confusing. Yeah, you're still confusing. <laughs> you're really confusing. Let's just make it as confusing as possible. Oh, let's just Chuck, do- Charles C., whatchever name. Professor Liana. Liana. We'll say professor. professor. Call me the professor. Oh, yeah, yeah, if professor is go. first, you there know you it's go. Liana we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll wrap us up. Bye. Bye. Stick Thanks around. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Really <laughs>